1: Yep, yep, the CBC Wisdom Hour, number 41, take two, for October 9th, 2018, I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans.
2: Yeah, Tony B, coming to you live from New Jersey, what's up?
1: Oh boy, people out there that are listening to this, that have just downloaded this episode, don't know that we already did it, part of it. <laughs> good times, good times. Good times, there's... We're we're using Skype out there to do this, and if anybody knows a better way to do it, to connect, because he lives in New Jersey, I live in New Orleans, yeah. and um, in order to do this simultaneously so everybody can hear it, we use Skype. And I know we've been using Skype the whole time we've done this, and it's worked. For the most part, it's worked. But uh, lately, it's been giving us some gremlins and goblins little bit of troubles a <laughs> little bit but we're trying it again and i just see it's like see it's live on the page and live in the cover van central group and let me make sure that see we weren't getting any comments either and that's i was wondering why weren't we getting comments because we do get some comments live and we read them as we get them uh righty then all right so um we do get comments and they're much appreciated. Yes. So I did mention uh yeah, 100 almost 110,000 people on the page, almost 48,000 people in the group, and we are getting new signups on the website every day, coverbandcentral.com. We have 684 in 4 weeks. So uh, growing up. Nice, yeah. And and moving forward. I still don't see Tony Biner in here though. It's still just a little baby though, you know, it's only a baby website. Mhm. We got to get that Tony Beiner guy to sign up with his band. Oh, he's not on
2: yet, man. What's
1: wrong with these people? Yeah, give him a give him a talking to a good talk. I will. To. I'll have a conversation with that guy for sure. And that uh, the other uh, p- folks in there, the Bergamini's and the he'll have all kinds of time next week when he gets his shoulder surgery. So. Oh right, right. He did mention that. Uh, so- yep. So, so yeah, ha- we started talking about what you talking about again. But you had some gigs this weekend, and I saw um pictures for one from the wedding you guys looked all very uh very good very dapper very uh, dapper i guess karen took it uh or i don't know who took it i think karen po- karen posted it yeah i don't know who took it
2: yeah i think steve shot um some selfies at the wedding took some pictures uh, both right. nights actually I like i played saturday and sunday night saturday was a social club that does a bunch of um charity work locally and uh Great gig, outdoor, tent, a lot of fun, about 200 people, Um, you know, we played a very eclectic mix of music, it was an older crowd, you know, um, like our age, but some almost wedding-esque type of songs, slow dances, and then a bunch of rocking tunes, and then once the night got going, people started really unwinding and dancing, and, uh, you know, we played like two long sets. Uh, we took a break, we had dinner, it was nice, they had a, a mobile bar uh, with a homemade tonic and a, a bunch of drinks uh, out of Philadelphia, like a trailer type thing. It was really cool, like a big horse trailer with a side window on it. Oh, cool. And, uh,
1: like a food truck sort of thing? Kind
2: of, but yeah. like, yeah, but more like rustic. It was like decorated really cool. People were really cool, appreciative of the band. Um, guy got up towards the end of the night, semi-professional musician, uh, singer, said, you know, hey, can I sing this song? And uh, we, the uh, woman had requested uh, Sweet Home Alabama. So we started playing it, he came up and sang it, did a great job, and then busted into the middle, was like directing the band, and went into uh, Sublime, What I Got, right. a Snoop Dogg tune, back into Sublime, into like a halftime jam, and then back into Sweet Home, and then out. And the place was going crazy, because uh, he was a member of the, of the of the club, you know, so everyone knew him, and dragging him on and he did a great job and then the cops were there because residential area so the party was uh, came to an abrupt halt um of which we then you know started packing up and hung out and uh, had a drink at the mobile bar which was closed but the what? back door was open so you know as a musician you always know to go to the back door so it came to the back <laughs> door was like, hey man
1: what's going on and so what um, w- what was the issue? Why did the cops come? Was it a volume thing too late? or
2: Yeah, volume. It was almost 11 o'clock, residential area, um, volume thing. I mean, like I said, the night progressively, as the people got rowdier and the band got louder, and, you know, it, it was just... It's it's like literally... this. It's a, it's an, It was in Morristown, New Jersey, at this place called the Kellogg Club, and it's an, an old historical mansion nestled in a Victorian type of neighborhood. Uh-huh. So even though it's on probably... You know two acres worth of property surrounding the entire perimeter of this you know stone wall estate is all homes across the street, right through the backyard, so right. yeah, um you know, by eleven o'clock, like I said, the place was was rocking it was loud. I mean, you know the sound yeah. really carried it was kind of rainy, misty out, so the air was heavy, uh, so I even noticed like when those guys were sound checking and I was going out to my car uh to to get my 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 jacket and my tie. It was it was loud, you know. I
1: was like, "Wow, that's really loud," and I was pretty far away.
2: Right. You know how you um, but can avoid. You good know how, time.
1: You know how you can avoid though getting the cops to a party when it's at your house. Just invite everybody within a, a half a radius, or well, a half a mile yeah, a radius. Yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, the mayor was even at this party, you know. <laughs> so it wasn't a, it was just a matter of it was like, guys, you know, it's great, but we have to stop. Right. Right. Then the next day, uh, was at uh, Mohawk country club at 10:15 a.m for the wedding which was you know on the it was in the country club but it's on the boardwalk on the on lake mohawk you could pull your boat up and it's a big giant boardwalk area outdoor seating bar uh really cool good time Pro, uh professional sound guy we had uh, our, our, our guy rich did the, the gig for us and uh, had all brand new yamaha gear that he just upgraded some one of his other sets of speakers because he's got like three or four sets of speakers and uh it was mammoth the drums were like madison square garden i mean that the, the, my little 18 inch kick drum was was shaking the, the the silverware on the tables i mean it was like earthquake nice so he had to dial that way back you know to keep the band under control for the volume of the party um we all had in-ear monitors which was a real pleasure you know and Uh, personas board so we downloaded the free personas app you know you do your mix right on your phone so i was able to do do my own mix that is Uh, so cool Uh, it was it was killer headphone booster amp uh everything sounded great vocals were crystal clear loud um really really great gig um and it was a a a freight elevator load-in gig on the third floor so that was that was quite exciting (laughs) <laughs> haven't done one of those in a while big freight elevator though but very grungy inside you know from kitchen stuff and back of house yeah so yeah yeah When i think i go on a yeah. little mission to find like some cardboard and some things to put down so my cases <laughs> didn't get all messed up because i had no cart because the night before we were playing outdoors on the grass so i knew we were going to pull up right up to the tent and unload and i didn't think you know the next day i thought i was going to unload on the boardwalk and, and go right into the room you know the venue Right. so i did not have a a, a cart but lesson yeah. learned for you guys if you're doing country club gig or something you'd always good to bring a dolly or something yeah. so that your gear is not on the ground but i
1: made provisions to protect my stuff and it was all good i you know when i th- when you say freight elevator i think i just think of back to like auditions i've had and, and and rehearsal rooms like in in the industrial parts of Jersey yeah. you know like the Jersey City or like even Hoboken yep. I used to play with uh, this guy Jay Delaval, and it was original stuff but w- and we rehearsed we rehearsed like once a week I think um, especially if we had a gig um, maybe even more than once a week if we had a gig coming up and yeah it was just the same thing just a freight elevator up to this this w-
2: was it the weekend was over hmm
1: nice at least it was early you know I was home by 630 yeah I was gonna say you said what did you say 1030 you started the, the wedding
2: well no I loaded I got there ten fifteen. by the time I got loaded in with the freight elevator it was probably 11 o'clock by the time you know you find the maitre d figure out where you got to park how you get in go in oh you got to go to this employee entrance go to the back door the guy will open the kitchen thing for you you go in you load up you get to the room get upstairs they're setting up there's people everywhere they're just setting tables they're bringing stuff out of the kitchen where of course the freight elevator empties out and right. being you know the drummer I don't have one trip with you know a couple of things Right. I had, like, five trips of stuff, you know? Right. So I grabbed, like, one of those silverware carts or, like, a table cart, you know, and loaded all my stuff on. And of course, <laughs> someone's like, hey, we need that. You can't be using that. I'm like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. I'll be done in a minute.
1: Uh, I'll bring it back. Yeah, us.
2: and then it was funny because the guy had just waxed the main ballroom floor. So as soon as I stepped off out of the kitchen bar area onto the ballroom floor, it was like an ice skating rink. Like, literally. <laughs> it was, it was like, death, death slippery. <laughs> um yeah and then cocktail hour was 12 to 1 and then you know by the time we did introductions brought the gr- bride and grooming and stuff and wedding actually started um you know we played uh you know from like one thirty to five thirty, small break in the middle had sax player sax joe was on the gig a nice. lot of fun nice uh had some impromptu jams it was it was good like i said it was a lot of great weekend back to back i love playing back-to-back back gigs like that you know because the the band's pumping because you just played and you know how it is when you play every night but we 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 got the opportunity to play back-to-back and like I said, the second day was
1: was uh in-ear monitors and and killer sound system so it was a lot of fun right that's cool Uh, it's interesting you say that because i know that feeling i remember that feeling of the back-to-back like when when your band is you know you've got two good gigs in a row too and yeah you feel that you're you got the momentum you got the you got the 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 hunger back in and the fire and you yeah you you just played the you know less than 12 hours before yeah but like you say i mean you referred to how i kind of know and and to me it's like i've surpassed that to the point of where it's it's just not it's not as exciting anymore (laughs) you know it's because it's it's every week with the same people, you know, at three nights, four nights, sometimes five nights, um, and you kind of lose that enthusiasm that, and and I sort of miss that, you know, because it gets so routine with what we do. Yeah, there's there's an element of newness to it all the time, but there there's also this this element of being routine. But I I, I feel like. You know that feeling where it's like I, I would say when you're doing like a three set night, the second set is always the best. It's like, oh, man, you know, because you got your you got kind of comfy with your first set. You got through some of the songs that maybe like, ah, this isn't the greatest, but it does work. And then, you know, you take that little break and then you get up for that second set. And now you're maybe you have a drink in you or whatever. and You're a little more excited, sort of akin to that, right?
2: Yeah, and I think what was the most fun about those gigs was like the first, there were different gigs, you know. The first night was, right. we brought our own sound system, our own PA, Steve did the sound, uh, which he loves to do. We, You know, we all rallied, got the gear there. You know, I brought the sub, he brought, you know, Anthony brought the mains in his car, Steve brought the other stuff with him, Jim brought all the lights. Uh, so like a group effort, you know. So we, And then the next day it was just like show up and play. Right. You know, the ironic thing is it's never any different for me. Like there's no, like Steve walks in with his guitar, his amp, and his pedals, you know. Doesn't use the freight elevator. Comes up the stairs and he's loaded in in like 10 minutes. Right. End of the gig, he's broken down like 15 and he's out the door. Right. You know, I got an hour set up, hour breakdown, every bit of it.
1: Yeah, that's a... I, I made this comment on Facebook this week and I, I was just sitting listening to music and I was like drumming on my, my desk and and I made this comment, uh, a post saying, uh, you know, I've been a bass player for 35 years, but I've secretly always wanted to be a drummer. <laughs> 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 and, and some of the comments were like about that, about how much gear you have to load and how much longer you have to spend just setting up and breaking down and all that. Worse. But like
2: you doing it 35 years it just becomes
1: routine. It's no, you know, yeah. there's no right. it's just just the way it is. You're always the first to arrive and the last to leave. Right. Yeah. Um but I you know I do I always consider myself as a bass player I think like a drummer the way I play. Like I'm 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 thinking percussion all the time. Yeah. And uh I think that's what As you should be. Yeah. And and I think that's what makes me good at what I do um you know I have a decent amount of theory knowledge and um and uh but yeah because I think like a drummer so I, I don't I don't overplay I'm not an overplayer. you know there's a lot of bass players out there that are overplayers, and I play I play like a drummer I know where to put a fill in where it's going to make sense and um where it's going to but you know I have the advantage of be melodic, too. Not that you can't be melodic on drums because, of course, you know you can. Um, but, you know what I mean. Um, but, uh, yeah, I try to be tasty. Some people appreciate that. I Most drummers that I know that I've played with appreciate that because I think because I think like a drummer, so they know that I'm sort of in tune with them. And, I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah,
2: I, and there's nothing, there's nothing worse than, well, two things. Like, playing with a bass player that doesn't get it right like you or or cal or anthony you know, guys i played with on a regular basis who who get it you know and they're they're in the pocket and they they know what what to put where and it, it just works you know right but when i see drummers that bring like kick snare rack floor ride and like a crash you know because they just you know i don't want to bring a lot of gear i only want to make one trip blah 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 And believe me, there's plenty of guys that, you know, you can definitely rock out on that type of kit, you know, but to bring and like only mic the bass drum, you know, because it's a big room, it doesn't matter. Like when you go all out and and you bring, you know, the right stuff with the right equipment and you mic everything and it's, and then when you, after that hour and a half of the loading and the sound and you're finally ready to play and you have those monitors in your ears and it sounds killer, that's what makes it so worth it, you know? Right. Yeah. Not half assing it, you know, just going going all in
1: every time. Yeah. You know, and I still as routine as what I do is, I still get every night at least some of those moments where I'm I'm just in that sweet spot on the stage where my tone sounds great. I'm completely locked in with Sean. And that is where I start to get feel, you know, timeless and weightless, where where it that's the juice. That's why I do it you know where I can be completely present in that feeling and uh I still get that even even you know after four four years it was uh a couple few days ago it was my four year anniversary of playing at the swamp um ah happy anniversary <laughs> thank you but I think we right. talked about it last week a little bit yeah about uh how many gigs that actually was and I I, I put a post about that on the uh, on Facebook too and I said you know that's a lot of notes. I, I I figured out that I played, in addition to the swamp with the, all the other clubs I've played here, I've played over fifteen hundred gigs in eight years, and I, wow. said, and I said that's a lot of notes. And some people started to try to calculate how many notes that was. <laughs> well, yeah, that is a lot of notes. Lo- that it, is a lot of notes. It's a lot of sets of music too. Yeah, it's three hundred notes per song, and it's uh, ten songs per set, and. Four sets a night, 40, t- and then they so did the math, and it was in the multi-millions of notes. Uh, and I said, I, I bet about 30% of them were E. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, it, yeah, it is a lot of sets, it's a lot of songs. You know, we play a minimum of 40 songs a night, I would say. And uh, so, I mean, we do 45-minute sets, so it's about 10 songs generally a set so and we always do four at least four sets so we did we did four sets sunday Th- thursday we did five wednesday i don't remember but we've been getting six sets every once in a while too which is uh it's a long night
2: and one thing i think we should talk about too is when you're when you are on the gig and you're playing. You have to be cognizant as to what the crowd is reacting to and what they're dancing to and what the tempo of the song is, and not necessarily just run down the set list, you know you don't want to have dead air in between the songs, yeah. but you definitely want to call audibles to where you're keeping it flowing, you know what I mean, yeah, we've talked about that, and it's that hard lot. sometimes too, because like at the social club gig we played on Saturday night, you know Jimmy makes the set list, I have it right next to me. The guy's like, okay, band's ready to go on. We're like, yeah, and he turns and he pulls the plug on all the lights in the tent. What? Wow. You know what I mean? So there's some table lights, there's like one or two overhead lights, and we have our like colored lights on the stage. Oh, but okay. now it's like where we're you know, where the band is, is is very dark. So okay. it's almost impossible to read the set list, you know? Uh so you just on audibles and you gotta pick the set list up and you gotta look at it, and you gotta look at it close because you know you gotta get like three or four songs in your mind to run them down, boom, boom, boom. And then you call an audible and then you don't know what the next song is and it's, uh, you know, whereas the next day at the wedding, you know, you're in a real bright room with a bunch of, you know, windows and the sun shining and it's like very easy to see what the list is from a distance, you know.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting but, thing to consider too and, and that's right. probably a note to write down too about that because that's not something you would necessarily think about when you're preparing for your gig. Is Am I going to be able to read the set list? Right. So and maybe think solution? about like an iPad or iPad. A, a tablet. You yeah. know, if you had
2: it on there, it was backlit, you'd be able to see it crystal clear.
1: Yeah, and you know, that I know you're not in, in the Facebook group, so you don't see this all the time, but that discussion just comes up constantly about iPads on stage. People, are, th- there's it's It's almost like the political debate in this country, but it's, you know, like a lot of people think it's just unacceptable to have an iPad on stage and to be reading lyrics or reading anything. And while others contend that it is um, necessary, and it's a it's a it's a good tool to use. It's um, because it's unobtrusive and it it's easy to use, and it's easy to put everything in one spot. So you could have the set list there and the lyrics there, and you know, uh, chart. It's a great tool to use as long as it doesn't become a
2: crutch. You know what I mean? As long as you're not using it
1: right for everything, right? And we, I do it um, like Tracy, my singer, uh, has. Has one on her mic stand every night, and sometimes she'll pull in pull up lyrics if she needs to, and sometimes she'll do it for me too. But the way I do it is because sometimes people request song, and I'll be like, "Yeah, I could sing it. Just you know, pull up the lyrics." Um, and it ha- that happens often. Um, but what I do is it, it's it's clipped to her mic stand, which is a straight stand, and i I put it down low, like for me, where it's sort of waist level, but you know, facing up towards me. And i peek at it you know i don't stare at it i just i I peek i I take a picture you know look at the next um verse you know take a picture with my mind basically and and look away and 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 i'm usually good because if i'm familiar with the song and i kind of already know the words i just needed to Oh, what was that word there i don't know um so i use it sort of as a reference but yeah just exactly like you said not using it as a crutch and so to, to the people that are out there just saying it's unacceptable—you're not living in the real world because there's there's the pros use it. The pros use um, teleprompters and um, anything to enhance, anything to to use as a tool to make sure you're you're getting your job done right. And uh, Chunk has joined us, and he said he's sorry he's late, so it's okay, Chunk, and nice to Don't have. Don't want to happen again. <laughs> Don't let it ever happen again. He's busy. He's doing. He's moving his parents from one house to another, from one state to another, I believe, too. Um, wow. Yeah. What a good son. Yes. So I, I, I'm going to write about that. I haven't. I've been meaning to. I have it on my list of things to write about. But that whole just iPad debate, I want to write about it. And not necessarily take sides, but just really present both uh, sides and um, and talk about my experience with it because... I mean, there were days, I remember before tablets, you know, obviously set lists were written on a piece of paper, like a one sheet, uh, t- typed or written, but I used, you know, there were lyrics, I had lyrics either printed out or I wrote them sometimes, and I would just put them like on the floor, <laughs> not even on a music <coughs> right, stand, yeah. just to, just to, uh, the same thing, just to refer to them, and so I, I knew what the the words were but you got to do you what you, do. what you have to you to have get the job done job you know whatever mm-hmm. it takes Ooh.
2: but now like you say with the advent of technology there's all kinds of new tools you know that make your life a lot easier
1: yeah and why not capitalize on that you know it, it like especially a wedding man like you you guys were doing a wedding gig and and you you might you're having issues okay uh, about seeing it if everybody in the band had their own little tablet and had the set list on it boy you know that would make things so much Yeah, it's I I don't know if it's it's Skype or if it's Spreaker, but now we're back. So we missed now it. we're back. We missed twenty seconds of whatever you were saying.
2: And then when it comes back on, he says, "And that's all I got to say about that." There you go. And you hear nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the guy goes right on, brother. You said it all, so yeah. you don't know what he said, but he said it all.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Chonk just said, yeah. "Where'd you guys go? The feed is gone. Now you're back." Ghost of Richard yeah, we're back. there.
2: Yeah, Now you're. No, gonna- I was saying some. I was saying sometimes what you got to do is clump the songs together. And make little pods like you and I did when we were in outskirts, you right? Know, groups of these five songs work together. These five songs work together, you know. And you make like mini little sets within the set. So yeah, yeah. Back to back, to back stuff, and you don't have to call them out or even know it. You just run it down.
1: Yeah, I was doing that here early in in my stay here. So I was here for maybe two years, and and I. I started creating, we call them blocks, blocks of of five or six songs that worked well together. And we would just, and I, we had a a list of eight or nine different blocks and we would just, all right, block four, you know, and just do those five or six songs. And, uh, that, I really like that idea. I, 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 I would even love to go back to that idea, but it's not up to me. Like rock blocks. Yeah, rock block or just blocks blocks of songs that work together well that we that we that are tried and tested and and we know they're going to work together, um, and they work every time. So just put. I, I mean, I really should. I'm glad you mentioned that because I forgot that I did that. Um, because I thought that was very effective. You know. Because you, you like
2: it, it definitely works and it, it takes a lot of the guesswork out of stuff. You
1: know. Yeah. Because we don't use set lists here, we and we calls and sometimes we'll call songs in a row, you know, pretty consistently s- certain songs in a row that work well together. So why not do that again? I mean, in my band, dude, it this is what's frustrating for me. It's like I have all this knowledge of of this stuff of of knowing how to run a show, knowing how to run a of band, stuff. knowing how to run a band, just knowing how to do all this stuff. I've written articles on it. And the thing is, with my band, I have no, really very little say in what happens. Um, I'm not, you know, it's not my band. And it's, the band leader doesn't come to me and say, hey, what do you think we should do here? You know, the band leader is just doing the, what he does. And um, I can suggest songs, I've done that, and it's generally a song that I'll sing. So I'll say, like, oh, I, I could you know can you guys learn this song i i'd like to sing this song and if i get everybody to agree that it's a good song to do then they will but in general with the rest of the stuff i just don't have any control or say and i think that's really i think that's what's bugging me that's what's been bugging me lately it's like i have all this knowledge man and i because if you come into a band and be like well, I did this tour and I played these places and I have played this many gigs and I've accomplished this thing. You come off as arrogant and, you, and nobody likes that. Um, and I've tried to gently suggest things and that's been largely ineffective. So I just don't do anything. I just do what I'm supposed to do. And it, 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 it bugs me because of the potential of this band. Of the quality of musicians that are in there, and the performance that we're when we're when we're on, we we are we kill it, man, we kill it. So there's a way to kind of um, craft that to be on all the time. It's it, there's a formula that you know once once you figure out what works, you just keep doing that. You know, and I just. I wish I had more control in this band and I wish people would, I wish I could just get them all together and say, hey, look guys, what do you want to accomplish? And okay, let's be clear on it. And then when we know that we know what, here are the steps to take to accomplish that. But I, I don't think there's a clear vision. It's just complacent. And that bugs me. Maybe you have, have an open conversation about it. Yeah. It's, it's tough to do, man. It's tough. It, Cause it's,
2: I well, like you said, if you're like, I've done this and I know this and you should be doing that, is a different conversation than saying like, hey, man, you know, I think I could add some value to maybe switching things up if you're interested in, in pursuing a conversation about that. Because I got some ideas. I want to get your feedback on them.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I could approach it like that. But anytime time I even come forward with something like that, I feel resistance. I just feel it. You know, hmm. the, the, it's. I don't know. It's like I have to just accept the complacency of what's happening and keep my mouth shut. Because <laughs> it's not like we have a lot of time together off stage to to discuss things. And we, d- I mean, we do have time before the gig and on break that we're hanging, and afterwards we're hanging out talking. But nobody generally wants to talk about work or talk about the band. They just want to talk about other things that are going on in life. And I get it. You know, I, I just, I'm a, a driver. You know, I want, I want, I want to drive things to make it better. You know, I, I'm not good with just, okay.
2: Not that we Yeah, well, like you said, that's not, not, you know, you should try to bring forward because listen, the complacency, like you said, is if, you know, it's very easy to not rehearse and not work on new tunes and just show up and do stuff. And, but it's a different animal when you actually do rehearse and, and and work on tunes and make your, you know, put your time into your band and make it into a show and think about set lists and arrange blocks like you talked about and, you know, dress a certain way, like all the things we talk about, you know, for cover band central, like, right. you know, and, and the, the things that, uh, topics that are brought forward from from you know from bands like Clanky Lincolns and or uh, Handsome Young Ladies, you know they, they're putting together their show. They're coming up with gimmicks. They're 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 making signature drinks. You know they're they're dressing a certain way. They're presenting themselves. You know and the, the bands that put in the time to hone the image and the sound and the performance and you know collectively. Put their ideas together there's always you know leaders and followers right but there's always people that are going to spend more time than others and they should be compensated for that accordingly you know like if one person's bringing all the gear and one person's bringing nothing they're obviously not making the same you know pay for the night but when it's more of a democracy it's harder i think to 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 steer it but at the same time everyone should have some you should have some input into how it should be but it's like a garden right if you're not there's no garden Without a gardener, you know, and if you're not pulling the weeds and tend to the garden, it just becomes overgrown and becomes just, a, you know, a patch of stuff. So I think that's a good takeaway to think about, you know, you reap what you sow. Right. So the more time you put into something and the effort that you give it and the attention that it receives, the, the more it's going to flourish. Yeah you know and and like you said you got to get back to what's what you know makes people passionate about doing it and it's not just a job and it's not just a grind and it's not just like you said you lose the enthusiasm because it's just like yeah show up and just run through it again but it's like if you look at it with almost a childlike wonder of like how fortunate we are and blessed to be doing this for a living and how you know how many people wish they could play an instrument or could participate in a band you know when you don't take it for granted anymore and you come at it from a space of gratitude you you, you'll want to make it
1: Reconnecting with Tony on Skype, maybe, maybe. Are you back? There he is. Yes. Yeah, you you were you said uh, it. It just Skype just hung up on us. <laughs> just, yeah,
2: you st- you started saying something, then you were gone.
1: Are we still on speaker? Uh, yeah, it cut off for a minute, but then I kept talking, and then it came back on. So we're it's still on uh, air.
2: Yeah. So I'm not sure what you said after I said. Um, Yeah, you know, make it something that you create and be passionate about and thus have a job. And you said, yeah, and then you were gone.
1: Um, uh, Well, I was just talking about how it's it's just so, it's easy because we don't have to promote our band. We don't have to try to get people to come see us. We just, people just come see us. And you can take that for granted. And, you know, I've been playing, I played there at least 600 times in the same room, basically with the same band. So it's easy to understand why you would, why a person could get like that and why a band could get like that. Sure. But but you lose, uh, but the hunger isn't like the passion isn't lost. It's the hunger, the drive to do better and to, to accomplish more that is, that is, um, taking a back seat. And that bothers me because I don't, that's not how I am. I don't, I don't. I want to improve. I want to get better. I want to have the tightest show and the best band and the biggest crowd. Um, you know, and I'd been saying it for, I, I had my own band on Bourbon Street and was running my own band for a while and then I got an opportunity to play in a wedding band and that was way more money so I took that and then that ended and then uh, had to go back. But yeah, so if I can affect change somehow, I would like to but it's, it's a slippery slope, man
2: to be treaded on carefully, but nonetheless, to be pursued,
1: yeah, you know it's like do I really want to put my energy into that, or do I want to put my energy into coverman Central, and the two are really kind of inseparable because it's it's the same thing, um yes and and ideally i would like to you know a, as this thing gets grows bigger and more popular i would like to include those people in in this and and i think there there's a a lot uh a lot of benefit for them for or for us together to to do that um because if, if this gets to, to the point where i anticipate it will i'll be able to to book us some really good gigs for really good money and they they you know kind of passively talk about that's what they it's more about the complaining that it's not enough rather than trying to be proactive and say you know this is what we can do and it comes up sometimes but there's no consistency there's no there's no actual plan there's no vision there's no like I want to get you have to know where you want to go if you're going to get there yes you know and there's just no clear Vision on where are we go, where are we going with this? We're just, you know, and we, we'll pull in new songs every once in a while, and that does kind of reinvigorate everybody. But it's there's no plan, you know, and that bothers me. I like having a plan. I like, I like having a goal to strive for because it's then it's just like, ugh, it's not it's not as much fun. It's much more fun to challenge ourselves. To me. You know, when, when I learn a new song that I feel like, wow, I don't, I, you know, I don't know if I could play that song or I've never played that song before or whatever, and I learn it and I, I play it well, that makes me feel fucking alive, you know? Like, oh, this is why I'm doing this. It's fresh. And that's. Yeah, that,
2: and if you're not challenged, you're not growing, right? And if you're not growing, you're not, you know, you're not getting any better, right?
1: Yeah. And. We can just get away with it because of where we are. We're on Bourbon Street. We have street traffic that comes in. It doesn't matter it, how many times we played a certain song to them, it's brand new. Um, but there's so much we could do to to uh, to improve the situation. And I just I don't know. I feel like my hands are tied in this in this band. And just like, I don't know. People people take things personally and and when it's not meant to be that, it's meant to be like, here's the reality of this situation and here's what we can do to change the situation. Um, you know, it's like family. When you get tight with somebody, then it's like, I don't know.
2: Well, you can't just put, you know, Placate people, right, and be all rosy and, you know, hey, and this is great and, you know, somebody's got to be honest, but in, you know, a a constructive, positive way, right? Because that's what stirs up the pot, right? If nobody says anything and other people feel the same way, you know, and, you know, communication is the key, right? Open lines of communication in any relationship of any sort is paramount, right? You have to have that in order for it to work. Because if people are harboring resentment or not saying things that they wish they could say or feel like they're not being heard, you know, it festers, right? When, when stuff's open yes. and, and, you know, it's out on the table and it's done in a constructive way, you can talk about it. You can coach people to it if they want coaching. If not, they, you know, you can take criticism from other people and then you can use that for your benefit and then, you know, move forward to be better. Right. But I if think- it's not talked about, right, it's, it's not going to change
1: yeah, I, I just think it needs to start with the band leader and it comes needs to come from the band leader. And, um, you know, as much as I love him as a player and as a person, you know, he just doesn't, he's not proactive with being a band leader. He does the minimum of what he needs to do. And rather right. than trying to come up with ideas, trying to provide direction, trying to provide, uh, um, you know, uh, a collective feedback like when i was a band leader i like to have meetings you know not and not very official like an office but just let's all talk for five minutes about stuff you know let's just all you know any any issues that we have okay you need to do the harmony on this song and you know because we don't rehearse so we need to have those kind of group conversations i think like once a week just get together and say okay yeah um let's pick a new song. Let's all agree on like just do it all there on the spot. But somebody needs to be in charge. Somebody needs to be facilitating something like that. And it's not my band. So I can't do it. I can't be like, all right, all, let's get, let's get together and, and talk about this stuff. I mean, I spent most of my non musical adult life working in management positions in, for businesses. So that's something I'm used to doing. I'm used to having meetings with people and, and, getting everything out on the table and discussing whatever issues there are people ask questions let's let's come up with solutions but like you said it's if you don't do that then that stuff starts starts to fester and then you start to get sort of resentful about it and it's it's not productive and i i don't know i just i feel like my hands are tied and and it's it's, it's a it's a difficult situation to be in especially because i'm running this the site this cover band central like guys come on get on board with what my vision is here man i understand the big picture here and I, I just don't think anybody does and and maybe that's not maybe that's my fault i don't know maybe it's just because i see it and only other select few see it like chunk i don't know
2: yep well like <laughs> i said in in any band remember dom family said it to me a long time ago The band leader is slightly out of focus, then the rest of the band is blind. Right. Right. You know, because the leader needs to have a vision, needs to be focused, and then everyone can follow suit and then be inspired by that vision and collectively contribute to it.
1: Yeah. Somebody needs to be in charge. It's just. Right. But if there's. Yeah.
2: But charge in the right direction and charge in the right capacity and in charge treating people the right way, you know, showing appreciation yet firmly stating what the what the what the mission is, you know, almost in a military type of, of aspect of it. You know, you have to delete from the decisive point. So if you see something that needs to be addressed, you have to address it. Right. You know, and you need to get you know, not necessarily input collectively from the from the team, but the team needs to buy into the vision and then know what what the the steps are to get to the end game.
1: Right. And team is important. It's important to emphasize that you are a team working together for one specific purpose. You know, I, I grew up playing sports. So I, I, and I still am a big sports fan. And every sport, well, the sports that I follow, baseball, football, things like that, they have a coach or a manager, somebody who is who is directing what's going on. They practice things during the week. You know, they no matter how good they are at something, they still practice fundamentals you know, throwing the ball and catching the ball, um, you know, things like that. And and that's something that, that needs to be done for musicians, too, especially in our situation where we're we're playing so much. We don't need to, like, I never need to practice at home. Um, you know, I could play, uh, not play for a week and still go up and be warmed up without even warming up. Um, but, sure. But... But yeah, I mean, just having that leader, man. Have like I'm a good, and, and I told Sean this because he started calling the show a couple weeks ago, and it was definitely better than what we had in the past because we, now he's we're moving it, we're moving it along, no dead air. We know what next, what the song is next, and because and we we were very lax with it before, it would be like we stop a song, singer, we turn around, okay, we're gonna do this, you know. It, I mean, it was very. Like, I like to keep it moving. I like to know what the next song is while I'm playing a song. And Sean started implementing that, and I complimented him on that, and I said, you know, how much better I like it like that. Because I don't want to stand around on stage and do nothing. Um, So in that respect, he's good at that. But, you know, he starts to get a little complacent too and let, let other people call a song. And, like, when I'm calling a show, I don't want anybody talking to me. I'm calling the show. You do what I say. You know, and that may sound... Dictator-like, but I'm running the show. Just don't worry about it. Know that I have your best interest and our best interests collectively in mind with every decision I make. You may not agree with it, but just do it and trust me. Right. You know, I like having a leader like that. And I t- so I told Sean when when he was saying, or when I was complimenting him on the 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 calling of the songs, I said I'm a good Indian i I like to have somebody who's in charge and will tell me what to do as long as they know what they're doing and i I have respect for them I will just listen i will not I will just comply I will not argue or discuss or anything It's just good. I want somebody in charge that that makes me feel more comfortable when it's when it's like uh I don't know know what we're going to do and then there's dead air, there's fifteen seconds or twenty seconds or thirty seconds of dead air, and people could easily walk out of the room and they do it. And it, it it, I can't emphasize enough how much of a difference that makes, keeping the show moving versus having dead air between songs. It is just it's night and day, no matter where you are. You know. Yeah,
2: agreed. Yeah, you've got to keep it moving, one into the next, into the next, into the next, and it gives people an opportunity to stay on the dance floor. You know. And it just and m- it's also being cognizant of what songs you know are not going to go over when you, you know it's a great song, if they're dancing to a certain tempo and people are up, you can, you know, and you go into another type of song, um, people may not, you know, you may see people leave the dance floor. Yep. And the- You know, or become distracted from that element because it's not in the same wheelhouse
3: as. The
1: hey we're back now i have to call tony back yes i know Tony. now he's texting me telling me so i'm gonna call tony back once again i apologize we dropped out and we're back and we're
2: back third time charm brother
1: yeah but you know what people listening to this on the replay when they download it aren't going to know that because it's because as soon as the skype call ends then spreaker stops recording and then as soon as i and then it gets a connection back and then I see that the wonders of technology, good and bad. Yes. And the only person listening live anyway is chunk. So (laughs) that I know. Yang. I know.
2: Yeah. Chunks, chunks hanging in no matter what goes, no matter what happens.
1: Yeah. So, um, I don't know where I left off, but, um, I just, I want somebody to be, to have a vision, to, to have a plan, to implement that, to, to, get everybody, uh, on board on the same page to communicate regularly. Um, and that, that, that's what makes me happy as a player. Um, I like pushing myself. I like trying to, to improve on, uh, on what I do as an individual and as a collective as well. And it's, it's, and I, I want that, f- that's part of the reason I started CBC. I wanted to teach other people about all this stuff and that it works, it works. You know, like we were, oh, all right, that's where we left over. Oh, we were talking about bands, just no dead air and song, 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 song. And I learned that really early, even before I was really a player, I would go see bands and, and, and you know, I, maybe I had been player for a while, but I would go see like bands like the Nerds in Jersey who just had, they had a show they never stopped uh, a band like UUU from Pennsylvania who has been playing for 20 years at least as a cover band as and they've won several awards in there it's in uh eastern Pennsylvania um oh yeah you play
2: with them at the cricket club all the time
1: yeah and joe joe the drummer is is the band leader and he calls the show and he never stops playing during a set he just never stops you know, and, and when you have a drummer that is just that locked in and whatever set he did 45 minutes, an hour set, it's a long time to just never stop playing drums, but you know, he was a machine, you know, and, and he, he would pick songs like he would go back through uh billboard charts from previous years and look at the, you know, top 40 and, you know, yep. pick songs that way. And they had, and they still play to this day and they have such a great mix of tunes, and having somebody like that as when you have your drummer as the leader, I, I always want my drummer to be driving. The drummer is the driver, you know. I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of riding shotgun on that. But, um,
2: well, it has to be. The drummer's not. The drummer's leading the band. He's not following the band. And If the drummer's following the band, then it's gonna, it's gonna show. Right. So,
1: you know, it'd be nice to be in that situation now and. and again my i feel uh uh i feel strapped out with it but uh, but I will try to take your suggestions and and approach it and see see if i can affect change yes contribute to change um and uh um, yeah and 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 get everybody on, get them on board with c b c and uh, and understand what the big picture is with this. Um, because this is again a marathon, not a sprint we 're in this for the long haul yes and uh we 're going to making some improvements as we go um you know we 're still uh we 're still on this so and people are still signing up every day, which is good we 're we 're still getting some activity, so I need to provide more content we need to get more people on board um The more people on board it it 's going be it 's going to grow organically based on the community based on the, the the people that come in and and they're part of the creation of it so um so i hope that tony bynard guy signs up soon <laughs> yeah we gotta
2: get his dancing gear over here man yeah. i don't know what's going on
1: it's a very easy process to sign up you just go to coverbandcentral.com and create new profile and you can just put the bare minimum in there it only takes you a minute and then you can go upload back. your
2: picture and you're good to go. Yeah.
1: You can go back and well, you can even do it without your picture. Just, just create the bare minimum and then you can go back later and upload a picture and put in a bio and put in all your other stuff later if you want to. But yeah, as soon as you're on board, you know, that, that makes a difference. Oh yeah. For us. Um, so, uh, what do you got coming up? Anything? So now you had your double weekend, anything? else in the horizon
2: no next wednesday i'll have surgery for my shoulder rotator cuff and then i'm out for three to five months no drums oh man Poor yeah guy. major bummer
1: when is it next when? wednesday
2: Yeah, 17th hmm.
1: yikes so like march ish wow uh, well, this yeah, is kind so of this
2: the holidays, Christmas parties, New Year's parties, all that good stuff that will right. not be able to perform.
1: So is the band playing still using a sub or or what are they doing?
2: Um, they will. Like I said, we, we had a couple of gigs that got canceled, actually. So we're we don't have a lot on the books right now. So I'm sure stuff will roll in from now till the end of the year. Um, and yeah, they have to get a sub, which is, you know, what we normally do anyway. Like if, if you know, if. We're, um, You know, if I, if for some reason I couldn't play, then yeah, we're going to have to get a sub drummer, which we have a couple that we we call on. So, um, we shall see, but typically, you know, January, February is slow anyway, but November, December is usually busy, you know? So I'm sure there's going to be some gigs coming up that I'm going to miss out on, but, um, more important to get my shoulders fixed, get, uh, get healthy again. And then I'm, I'm done. Then I'm off and then I am a hundred percent like the like Steve Austin, the Bionic Man, I'll be back in
1: back in action. No 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 Wait, so you can't play with one arm? What you know
2: No, I I can actually 'cause I'm getting my left arm fixed, so I pr you know, the the playing listen, getting through the gig with one arm would not be impossible to do but loading in setting up and miking everything and then breaking it down would be impossible. So well, if I had help to where the, you know I could just walk up and sit down behind the kit and play, I could do
1: it. Right. So that's all you need. You got to recruit some help. How about one of your boys or both of your boys?
2: Yeah, bring them to the gig, pay them, <laughs> hang out, come back, get me later, pick me up. Yeah. it's doable i mean there'd be some songs we'd have to you know probably cut out like i think i don't think limelight would be you know would come off very well (laughs) one-handed right right you know but but you could definitely you know like a wedding gig i could definitely fake my way through if i had to with with one arm you know worst case scenario there was no other way and like my life depended on it i could definitely do it
1: i hope you get that opportunity because that would be make for a good story (laughs) certainly
2: would say hey you know, I mean, it'd be easier to sit in on a gig like I did that. Um, when I had my last shoulder surgery, we were actually gigging quite a bit. And, and my neighbor, Jimmy, great drummer, uh, Jimmy Carman, he he filled in for, for me. And um, there was one gig that I had an opportunity to go to. I went to dinner with a friend of mine. Me and Karen went with him and his wife and uh, the band was playing. And I actually got up and, and uh, was able to, you know, I, I sang a song and then. Uh, I, I'm pretty certain I, I played a song one-handed just for the uh, prestige of doing it. Nice. But that was lefty, so it was a little more difficult. You know, righty is is a lot more natural because you can maneuver around the kit a lot easier, you know, on a right-handed kit than you can on with your left hand on a right-handed kit, you know, trying to get to the floor, Tom, and the ride cymbals all the way on the other side. So it's almost impossible. Right you know but, but the right the right hand being free is is definitely a lot more doable. So we'll see, we'll see what what happens and we'll see what what comes.
1: I have faith in you. If Rick Allen can do it, you can do it.
2: Yeah, he's got some other uh toys. Yeah, exactly. He's able to, you know, trigger stuff with his feet to sound like his hands and like I said, I I told you I went to see
1: them uh back a bunch of months ago and they they were great, dude. He sounded killer. Right. So he's playing like he usually plays a snare now with his foot, right? With his his left foot. Yeah, like correct. he's like his he's using his right hand for either
2: either or, you know, he's got a snare that he plays with his hand and but if he has to go like that boom right. he does it with uh his you know, his two feet or his, his hand and his foot. He's got a bunch of different pedals going on there. So he can definitely play. I think you know, he plays a lot of stuff with his feet. You know what I mean? He's got a lot of a lot of uh pedals to where he can play you know a lot of different stuff with his feet because there's times when he's playing you know and he learned you know he went back and you know when he plays photograph it sounds exactly like it did when he you know when he played as a a young you know you know when, when in the video he's like 19 years old you know right he's like almost 60 now but when you when you hear him play it he does all the fills and he plays it as if you know he did back then but he's he's down an arm and like you said he's able to then
1: going to be the biggest and best website ever for musicians online that is our mission good or done we'll see you next time
4: it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football